Welcome to SnackCast, Snack International's new podcast dedicated to all things snacks. In this forum, you'll hear career conversations with leading industry professionals, as well as insights on how the snack industry is meeting consumers' ever-changing demands for new and nutritious snacks, while still serving up those familiar favorites. I'm your host, Joni Spencer, editor of Baking and Snack Magazine, which also produces Snack World. SnackCast kicks off with a summer-long series devoted to WINS, Women in Snacks. WINS is Snack International's initiative to champion leadership development and advancement for female professionals in the snack industry. Over the next few months, we will visit with some of the industry's top executives to learn about their journeys and the challenges they've overcome along the way, as well as get some great advice on how we can work together to make positive changes in the snacking industry. Today, we're talking with Christy Lewis, founder and CEO of Quinn Snacks. Hi, Christy. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Joni. Thanks for having me. So I just want to jump right in. I know you have a really interesting story of how you founded Quinn Snacks. First, why don't you just tell me a little bit about your background and how you went from working at a gaming company to launching your own snack brand? Sure. So I, um, I miraculously fell into my role at Harmonics Music Systems in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, they were looking for an executive assistant um, for the co-founder, Arana Gozi, um, and I applied on a whim. I, I found it in a Craigslist ad. I was definitely completely not qualified <laughs> for the role, but I applied anyway because they were, um, they were famous for gaming. I, I loved, um, you know, I played Super Mario Brothers and Sonic and, and all that fun stuff when I was growing up, um, but they were really known for, for music and their innovation um, in music. It was, it was pretty much a dream job. Um, they made rock bands. They're developing the Beatles rock band during my time there. Um, so they had this incredible culture. You know, everything was around music. And this was all pre-kids. I have three little boys. So I was definitely having a blast. Um, I felt like I had finally found my people. Really kind, super smart, quirky, pure innovators. And it was a crash course in business um, from Iran. I, I learned so much from him. It was one of those things where you're young in your 20s and you feel like you have to start an email saying, dear, dear this, sincerely. And he taught me that, you know, an email with 10 words on it and hey um, was was sufficient. <laughs> so nice. I, I, I learned a lot. Um, backing up a few years earlier, um, I graduated from the New School University in New York City, going to school in the evenings and working during the day at this organic restaurant near Union Square. And I was studying journalism and, and anything but business. Um, but we moved to Florida. Um, and the kicker here is that during this time, I was working at a publishing company, which I really didn't like. And I, I went home every day in tears. I hated it so much. And during that time, I started making microwave popcorn on the stove with Parmesan and rosemary, maple syrup and sea salt and binge watch movies. And that was really my thing. But I wanted to pop it in the microwave because it retained the, the moisture in a different way. It was just a different experience. And really, I mean, growing up in the 80s, I loved microwave popcorn. We had it during sleepovers. It's this very nostalgic, classic snack. 
stripped, um, really, I wanted to strip it of all the chemicals and the plastic coatings and create a healthier option by using real ingredients. Um, so that's pretty much like my, my background. I, I, every time someone asks me, what is my background? I, I really, my background is in food, really. <laughs> I've been doing it the longest, um, it's almost a decade since I started Quinn. So your, your idea for the popcorn came actually before you were even working at the gaming company, right? Could you tell me how you got to the point where you were like, yeah, I think I'm ready to go out on my own and, and start a snack brand? For sure. Cause it, it, there was a big gap between me wanting to, to start Quinn and doing it. So it was almost an eight year gap. Um, and really, I mean, it comes down to, I, I absolutely fell in love with pure food, probably in my early, early twenties. I mean, I think I was like 19 or 20 when I was living in New York city and shopping at Union Square Farmer's Market and really making the connection that our food is coming um, from around us by, by these growers, these farmers who are doing this day in and day out. Um, and I love the simplicity of ingredients, right? I, I did a lot of cooking. Um, I was working at this organic restaurant um, and I became obsessed with this idea of why are we not experiencing this in the middle of the aisle at the grocery store? I mean, you have fruits and vegetables that are sold, but then anything packaged goods at the, at the time, I mean, this was like 2000 and, um, no, actually it was when 2001. Um, it was really hard for me to wrap my head around what, what is happening from pure food and then how does it get so compromised into this, you know, this box. I mean, since growing up in the eighties and totally loving microwave popcorn, it was this event based, nostalgic, classic Americana snack, right? I started eating it again um, in my 20s when we were living in Florida after my New York City experience and trying to put put, put it together, um, questioning like, wait a minute, why is something so pure like popcorn kernels and in theory, just real butter? Um, why did it get to this point where it's artificial flavors, artificial colors, um, chemicals and plastics lining the bag? Um, and I wanted to just go back to basics, essentially. I wanted to offer a healthier, better-for-you option um, for my family, my friends. And I, I really didn't stop thinking about it um, for eight years. I mean, I was obsessing over this idea, and I kept thinking that someone was going to do it, that you know, some of the larger CPG companies would come out and put a healthier alternative on, onto the shelves, and they didn't. So when... Um, when I was pregnant with Quinn while working at Harmonix, um, I got really sick and had to take a leave of absence. And all I did was watch the Food Network like every every day, 24 hours, because I couldn't sleep. Um, and then finally, when I started feeling better, I just went all in on experimenting with the bag and using paper. And my husband, I can't sew for the love of God. And my husband sewed these paper bags. We put them in the microwave with popcorn. And then I felt like if I could do it, you know, it, it can be done. Like some, someone needs to do it. So three days after Quinn was born, I felt like it was now or never. And I just jumped in, um, during my maternity leave. And I, I really gave myself, um, this time limit of, you know, I didn't want to let anyone at Harmonix down. I wanted to go back. I loved that company and what they stood for. And if I hit a dead end, um, that's what I was going to do, but I never hit a dead end. So nine and a half years later, here we are. Wow. That's like the shortest maternity leave ever. <laughs> I definitely don't recommend it. I mean, it's, <laughs> I look back and I realize, um, I mean, it, it was totally intense, just crazy. 
So you started with popcorn, but your company makes a lot of different snacks now, right? Mm -hmm. And from what I can tell with your product line, you are really all about firsts with your product development. You take these big leaps. Do you see yourself as a disruptor? Is that kind of someone you've always been? Definitely. I mean, I think that you know, with our first to market, I mean, I I knew that I didn't want to start a company that was just doing the same old, my passion was always kind of innovating in anything that that I was doing or anything, you know, where, where I was working, or I always pushed it, I always questioned everything, like, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we make it better? And I found myself asking the same questions. And and I really wanted to reinvent microwave popcorn. Um, and then ultimately, you know, leading to reimagine the entire salty snack landscape. But our rule here is like, we, we really don't do anything that's not first to market. When we have to be first, I really wanted Quinn to pave the way to be better, um, to be a leader in the space. And it was, it was definitely a lot of work. I mean, there were so many people who were, who were saying like, this is crazy. What on earth are you doing? You do it that way. It can't be done. People have tried it. Like there's so many no's, but, um, but there were so many yeses. I mean, I, I think that um, I had a lot of support and a lot of believers from day one. And I think that definitely pushed me to, to really keep paving the way to do something different, to, to challenge the status quo, I, I think. Yeah. Do you think being a woman and a disruptor, did that, did that help you or did it create new challenges for you? Like trying to pave the way and trying to push through and come up with new things. Did you ever get pushback? Like, there's that lady yes. being on our door again. <laughs> yes, all the time. I mean, I think the fact that I was challenging what everyone had been doing for so long, um, it was, I remember getting into almost a, a like a fight and I'm not a, like a fighter in that regard. I'm a fighter in different areas, but I don't fight with people. Right. <laughs> getting into this just deep discussion um, with a bag manufacturer and they were like, nope, we tried this. It doesn't work. We had some big CPG company try it. It doesn't work. You don't know what you're doing. And then, but on the flip side, you know, we had another bag manufacturer say, yeah, let's give it a shot. That sounds awesome. So um, I do think me being a disruptor in a kind of an, an old category without innovation, there's definitely pros and cons to that. Being a woman in a male dominated industry, especially then, I mean, nine and a half years ago, it was tough, but but really only because I had made it tough on myself. I felt like I had to be this strong, fearless, powerful woman and put this facade on every time that I walked into the office or every time that I walked into a sales room um, with a meeting with a big buyer or, you know, if I'm getting on a call. And I was trying to be this powerful, you know, founder, CEO, that wasn't me. It, it really wasn't who I wanted to be, but yet I became this, this person. I mean, I thought that you had to be, be that person in order to get where you wanted to go. Um, and it really took me almost eight years to figure out that that's not the case. I mean, you can be this crazy, determined fighter, this fearless, resilient person, but still be you. I mean, you can plow through walls and be strong without being totally relentless. Um, but it, it did take a while to to find me in, in all of this. Interesting. I want to go back to uh, your your tiny, short, little maternity leave. Not a lot of people 
have a baby and immediately decide to start a company. How did that affect your view of work-life balance? And then how did that balance sort of evolve over the years and into what it looks like today? Sure. So I always need to be doing something. It's really hard for me not to be doing anything. I mean, I love reading books and I have a really hard time sitting and reading because of that. Um, But the balance was really brutal. I mean, I, I know that I, I make fun of like, ah, I wouldn't recommend it, but I, I definitely really recommend it. <laughs> the the work-life balance when you're doing something like this is it doesn't exist. Um, the first eight years of Quinn, I truly did not have a life. I mean, I obsessed over making this work. I could have failed so many times, but I, I really didn't want to. I didn't want to give, give in or and give up. Um, I just kept going. But you know, I did miss, I missed so many life events, so many moments, too many, really too many regrets to list. I felt like I at least had that time with Quinn, but I mean, the first year with Quinn, it was just him kind of either in a baby Bjorn or obviously playing and, and in a baby carriage on, on walks. But I, I truly worked nonstop. I mean, Quinn would wake up at five 30. I'd start work around seven, around the clock on walks. I mean, after my, after my husband joined, um, he was working at his dream job at IDEO. Um, and he was definitely involved, um, all the way through, but he had left his job at IDEO to, to help me, um, full time. Um, but we would, you know, be upstairs in our attic. We worked out of our, our little attic, um, sometimes until, you know, two to three in the morning. Um, and then Quinn would wake up at five 30. So it definitely, the, the struggle is, is really, it's real. I was suffering big time and I, I didn't really know it. Um, but honestly, given the situation, I feel like it was a given. We we moved out to Boulder when Nash was three months old. Um, we moved the house, the company and everything West um, for more balance and to be part of the, the food ecosystem. But, you know, no maternity leave, working around the clock. I definitely look back and realize like how rough that actually was and how much sacrifice we had given up for, for getting it off the ground. So you have three boys now, right? Yep. I have three. Um, Quinn is nine and a half. Nash is six. And then Cole is, is my baby at four years old. Oh, so what does Quinn think of this company that bears his name? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we, we did not talk about it at all when he was little, little. I mean, I think he he went to kindergarten when he was five and someone had a, a bag of something or popcorn. I can't remember what it was, but he went home and said, you know, someone had Quinn popcorn <laughs> at school. <laughs> we did a really good job at trying not to talk about work in front of the kids. Although we were working like all the time, we, we just didn't want to focus the conversation around that. Um, but definitely now, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate we've Quinn t-shirts and Quinn hats and Quinn stickers. And my other two are like, uh, can we, <laughs> can we as our name? Um, but it's, uh, it's been, it's been really fun. I mean, it's, it's great because we, we actually took all three boys. Um, we drove out to Nebraska last summer to do a farm tour with Dave Vetter from Grain Place Foods, who was our number one supporter day one. And actually the funny thing, um, Quinn was about six months old when I first called Dave and I remember this um, because he was screaming bloody murder in his crib um, stairs in the attic talking to Dave. And I didn't want to be like, Hey, can you hold on? Like I have my, my little baby downstairs. I have to go get, cause I was trying to be this person who I wasn't right. I was trying to be this business. 
person. Um, but uh, so it's, it was it was actually really great to, um, to get uh, Dave and Quinn to meet finally in person after all those years. It's been a, a real pleasure, like showing them what we're trying to do, not about what we're making. I mean, it's fun. They obviously love microwave popcorn and, and our snacks, but it's, it's really trying to communicate why we're doing this, why we've been working so hard to do this for so long. Yeah. And uh, it seems like when, when you think back on that first mentor from the gaming company into who you are now, it kind of came full circle where you learned that lesson to be authentically you and not try to be this hard-nosed, powerful executive. That's kind of cool. Definitely, for sure. I mean, it, it was an amazing experience on so many levels. I learned so much. And even the things that I learned that I didn't know I learned when you fast forward and you're you're, you're entrenched in, in running your own business with your own um, team, I realized um, that it was such a gift to, to get a job there. And then you you fast forward and you learn this lesson to be authentically you. And then you turn around and you get named to Fortune's top most promising entrepreneurs. What does earning such an honor mean to you? It was so funny because at the time when when I was um, named that, I had just had my, my third um, son. And I don't think I was really able to process this um, until I flew to, to Washington, D.C. Um, with him because he was so small that I couldn't leave him. Um, and there were so many incredible founders and CEOs there um, from huge companies. I mean, huge companies, right? I mean, I'm like this little country bumpkin, like showing up like postpartum like with this baby. <laughs> It was um it was really interesting to kind of watch all of these innovators and these these powerful women together. Um, but I was in such a daze. I had I had wanted to learn so much from them and engage with them, but all I kept thinking was like I have this baby upstairs that I have to get back to. But I, I will say that, you know, looking back on it and even now, it really is so amazing that I was kind of granted this moment because you know, it's something that um, I've always struggled with school and, and I, I was diagnosed with dyslexia, um, but it wasn't until college and it had this huge impact on the way that I had learned um, through elementary school and middle school and high school. I felt like I always had to work three times as hard as my classmates to stay afloat. I was always in the arena, um, but it, it really taught me that in order to find success, in order to succeed, I, I just had to work really hard. That, that A plus that I wanted, I had to work 10 times harder. And it was a struggle to get there and I had to be excessive about it. But I really think that, you know, that event and being nominated um, by Fortune, it just says that really anyone can get there. It was a pretty surreal moment. Um, and we definitely have a long way to go every day. I mean, I feel like we're learning something. But, you know, given the struggle it has been to get here and the struggle to stay here, um, it, it was quite the honor to receive that. What do you think it represents for women out there who are thinking about starting their own companies and they're afraid or thinking, you know, questioning whether it's worth it? Yeah, I mean, I think that if if you have the passion, I mean, you have to have passion to, to start a company, I mean, to really do anything in life, right? I mean, because you will you will hit rock bottom again and again and again. Um, and you will, you will get a door slammed in your face. You will be told, no, it's not possible. And I, I do think if, if you have the passion, you'll just, 
you'll get there. Um, because if you don't have the passion, you can't pick yourself up when you fail. You can't learn from your mistakes. You can't adapt. You can't, you know, have that drive to keep going. Um, and I, I'm a be- believer that if you can see where you want to go, you can definitely get there. Um, it's just, you know, staying the course that, that you have the power to believe in that you can. This is so hard on everything. I mean, your spirit, your soul. I mean, un- unless you, you know, you have this like one hit wonder that you're automatically um, achieving your goals right out of the gate, like awesome power to you, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> has not had that story. And it's exhausting and you have to be fully committed. Um, and if you're not, then you're not. And I applaud that knowing what you, what you need to know and go enjoy your families and, you know, do this on the side until you're ready. Um, I think that one of my investors told me, um, when I called him for a one-on-one, it was like a a mini therapy session, but I remember him telling me, you know, Quinn will work or it won't work and you'll need your family in either situation. And I had been sacrificing so much for the business. And obviously this is so blatantly obvious. Um, but I had to, to put the business second, really. I mean, it's, it was first for so many years that I need to take a step back and, and lean into my home life and my kids. And, and I found that you, you can do both. You just need to figure out, you know, your balance. And really in the course of the past nine and a half years, I've read, gosh, my share of business and spiritual books to keep me going and so many podcasts. Um, but I, I really do think that if you believe that you can, you, you definitely will. That's really good advice. Well, those are all the questions that I have for you today. And thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners. Thanks, Joni. Thanks for the support and the interest. It was really fun to tell the story. All right. You take care. Thanks. WINS networking and educational sessions are offered annually at Snacks Executive Leadership Forum and Snackspo and programs are available online throughout the year. These serve as forums for men and women to gather, learn, and exchange ideas and experiences about gender diversity issues in the industry. For more information on how you can get involved, visit Snacks website at www.snacintl.org.